Every week, we as a parish, as a community at Mass, profess the Nicene Creed. And in the Nicene Creed, we profess that we believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. These are referred to as the four marks of the church, the four characteristics, if you will, of what we believe the church to be. One, holy, Catholic, and apostolic. And on this great feast of Pentecost, often considered the birthday of the church, the day when the church was first made visible to the world, we see these marks, these four characteristics on display in our readings and in this feast itself. One, the apostles gathered together with Mary, the mother of Jesus, united in prayer together. Holy, the church is from Christ. Christ it is who gives his disciples the power to forgive sins and imparts to them the Holy Spirit, giving them power to do mighty deeds in his name. Again, forgiveness of sins would definitely come to mind. Catholic, also meaning universal bringing together believers from all corners of the world and that feast of Pentecost, bringing together people of many different languages and tongues and cultures together to worship God. And apostolic, the same people who heard that message from the apostles were baptized and brought into the church shortly after that reading concluded, yeah, continuing the work of bringing people to Christ. Everything that the church is and everything that the church does can be attributed to one of those four marks. Think of feeding the poor and the hungry. That would be holy and apostolic. The great missionary work of so many missionaries over the centuries, definitely apostolic but also Catholic and universal as well. And teaching the faith, that would be one, the one true faith handed down by Christ through the magisterium. The church wouldn't have these marks, though, without the Holy Spirit, without that third person of the Trinity coming into the church and imbuing the church. The Holy Spirit is often referred to as the soul of the church. If you think of the church as the body of Christ, as a human body, you could say that the marks of the church are like the senses, sight, smell, touch, taste, and hearing. It's a body with all the appendages, all the organs, all the extremities. It's all ready to go. But a body without a soul is merely a corpse. It has no life. All of the physical parts, all of the capabilities, and yet a body without a soul doesn't have the one thing that animates the body and gives it life. That is the Holy Spirit for the church. It animates the church. It gives it life. It allows the fullness of the gifts, the talents, and the abilities of all of the members of the church to be put to use in the world and also for the salvation of souls. A church without the Holy Spirit is not truly the church as Christ envisioned. Think of it this way, all those apostles gathered in that upper room had a lot of talents and abilities, but they were in the upper room out of fear. It was only after they received the Holy Spirit that those gifts were properly able to be utilized. 
for the good of Christ's ministry, to begin the apostolic work of the church. Only with the Holy Spirit is the church truly alive. But not only does the Holy Spirit animate and give life to the church, it unifies the church as well, as we heard in our first reading. In the first reading was the Jewish Feast of Pentecost. It was a feast 50 days after Passover, celebrating receiving the law on Mount Sinai. Again, Pentecost is 50 days after Easter for us as well. It's sort of a continuation of that reality. And because of this, there were many thousands and thousands of people in Jerusalem. It was one of the three feasts a year where everyone had to go to the temple, the other two being Yom Kippur and Passover. And yet, when the apostles preached to these people, all of these people heard them in their own individual languages. These were people from all over the Mediterranean world, all over the Roman Empire, North Africa, and the like. Yet they were able to hear the gospel and their native tongues from these uneducated fishermen. It was the Holy Spirit who accomplished that, who was able to unite believers from all over the world. And this story calls to mind another instance in Scripture where multiple languages were at play. It's actually the Tower of Babel. Remember that story of the collapse of that tower that scattered people all over the world. It divided humanity in different languages. Well, now the Holy Spirit unites. It's an interesting comparison, Babel versus Pentecost. Again, think of Babel, human sinfulness scattering us and dividing us. And at Pentecost, the Holy Spirit, God's very life, unites us. It is the anti-Babel, if you will. The Holy Spirit is the great unifying force of the church. We would not be truly Catholic without it. And it's the Holy Spirit that even brings people like our RCIA catechumens to the faith as they were baptized and confirmed last evening. It was the Holy Spirit that brought you and I into the church, most likely in infancy or some of us in adulthood. It is the Holy Spirit that keeps the church together in one common faith one universal magisterium, and one baptism. So brothers and sisters, let us never discount the work of the Holy Spirit. Because it can often seem like the most abstract person in the Trinity at times, but it is really tangible when we think and consider all that the church does in the world is done through the Holy Spirit. May we never cease to acknowledge God the Holy Spirit's presence and power in our church and in our lives. For through the Holy Spirit, we are truly alive and united in Christ.